Hey guys, this is Ronnie. Just a reminder, these are old episodes, and if you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. And announcing a new podcast with Ed Greer, Ron Swallow, and producer Bill called The Greatest Pod. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. In addition, if you want to support us monetarily, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash thegreatestpod, and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts, or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic Logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So, do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So, thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Reboot It. At a major Hollywood studio, in a corner office of sub-basement D, the development executives toil in obscurity to reboot it. It's us, reboot it. Welcome back to our personal corner offices where we are braving the pandemic and bringing you high quality content. It is the golden age of intellectual property. So here in Hollywood, that means whether you like it or not, all of your favorite franchises will be rebooted. We are just here to try to do it better than anybody else can. Helping me out on that for today's episode on Super Mario Brothers, something very near and dear to my Italian heart. I have the rebooted crew. First up, you know him from Hot Takes with Billy Business and a senior producer at Screen Junkies, Billy Business. I feel like such a, a fraud. I feel like one of those people that wears a Ramones shirt and couldn't tell you a single song. I just happen to have the Super Mario Brothers shirt, but I I know maybe the basics. I know the characters. Maybe there's a story. I don't know. There's a story. We'll, we'll get into it. But uh, so, Billy, what was the last Super Mario Brothers game you played? Um, probably, uh, Mario 64 was the last one that I actually played. I've played Mario Karts since then. Uh, but in terms of just like Mario in his own world, it was 64. Interesting. Mario Kart's an interesting one because I feel like Mario has shown up in a lot of other contexts other than just the Mushroom Kingdom. And I feel like that could be worked into this movie in a fun way. I'm down for Mario Kart all day, every day. Fast and Furious with Mario, sign me up. Nice. All right, next up, you know him as one of the co-hosts of the Nerd Goat podcast. Uh, you see him on Screen Junkies Universe, Mr. Ed Greer. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hop on into this episode. Uh, <laughs> and I am on Mushroom, so I mean, I think I'm pretty on brand. And your balls are on fire, too. Wow, trifecta. <laughs> Why don't you put them out with your mouth? <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I didn't uh, just uh, Bill. I I must confess, I'm much like Billy. I didn't play the game. I was a Sega kid. Ooh. I was always Betamax when it was VHS. I was Sega when it was Nintendo. I wasn't HD ever DVD guy. I'm not insane. <laughs> what did you say, Billy? So you're an HD DVD guy. <laughs> oh yeah, nah. Check out these laser discs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, so yeah, that, that just, I, I wasn't a kid of Mario. So I think I'm coming at it with basically as fresh a perspective as, as Billy. I think that's great. Um, I, I can't say that I'm a huge Mario kid, but I was definitely obsessed with the first three Nintendo games. Um, Ed, let me ask you the super Mario brothers, original movie with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. What do you know about that? Uh, I know the plot and the fact that it has one. <laughs> blows me away <laughs> blows me away like it, i i it's yeah it's got a real plot about like extra dimensional stuff yeah. and i i was blown away somebody told me the plot and i sat there like a child listening to a story have you like ever a bedtime seen, story have you ever seen it i've seen bits of it mostly just the dennis hopper parts you know yeah. i thought he was gonna go blue velvet on their ass but he didn't <laughs> Well, let's bring into the conversation the last of the rebooted crew, one of the co-hosts of Nerd Goat, Ron Swallow. Hey, you guys. I, uh, 
I, I got out of the Mad Max Matrix and uh, I'm back to normal. I've got my hair, my regular Spider-Man shirt. I'm, I'm normal now, guys. You've got uh, sleeves today. <laughs> I'm sleeves. <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll be so distracted by your physique now, Ron. Thank yeah, you I so know, much. I know. I understand. Fair, farewell to post-apocalyptic Ron. Maybe we can get back to some normalcy <laughs> after being lost in the Matrix. So, Ron, were you a yeah. Mario kid? I did play many of the Mario Brothers games. I have to admit to you, and Ed knows this, I am terrible at video games. Terrible. <laughs> so I'm, never, I'm not one of those kids who beat the game, uh, you know, like could do the fast thing. I think I beat Super Mario Brothers 1. Uh, but 2 and 3, I didn't even get close. Although I really loved playing 3 just because it was... A blast! The part where you got to fly, you turn into a weird raccoon, and all those different other. suits. Those were, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and as far as the movie goes, no fucking clue. Really? Sorry about the cussing. You never, yeah, you never zero. saw it. Never seen it. I've seen like you know a clip or two, and I've seen I've seen more people making fun of the accent in it than the actual movie itself. Well, let's get into it a little bit. I'll give the broad strokes and we can always refer to Wikipedia if we need more details. So Mario as a character was created to be the mascot of Nintendo by the Japanese firm that created Nintendo. And he first appeared in the Donkey Kong arcade game. And this might get lost to some people who aren't deep into the Mario lore, but originally Mario, his first video game was Donkey Kong. He was trying to rescue Princess Peach from that overgrown ape. He was a huge success. And they ended up spinning him off into the Mario Brothers video game where they invented Luigi, put them in the sewers under New York City, and set him up against some reptiles called the Koopas. That then became a huge worldwide runaway success. Multiple sequels started. Super Mario Brothers, I think, was the first Nintendo-specific game because the rest of them started as arcade games. Super Mario Brothers is the one where he jumps up and hits the coins with the top of his head, eats the flower, makes him spit fireballs, <laughs> etc. I think does the, I thought it, someone said he like he's actually hitting it with something like uh, you just can't tell but it's like a hammer or something right? Maybe uh, no, I think it's his little his little hand. I mean, he, is, he is, is Mario just hand. always concussed? Like, is, he, <laughs> is this all just a fever dream of Mario? <laughs> I talk like this because I hit in my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we can get into it with this reboot, but just to uh, just to talk about the first adaptation of Mario. So, the Super Mario Brothers is worldwide success, and we've got these two Italian plumbers from New York who are going into the Mushroom Kingdom to rescue Princess Peach from Bowser, King Koopa. And they make an adaptation in the early 90s starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo as Mario and Luigi. Really nice casting with Dennis Hopper at the height of his powers playing King Koopa. And this stuff is <laughs> weird. Just deeply, deeply weird. The plot, as Ed was referring to, is actually not bad. The idea is that the, the meteor that hit the Earth and killed the dinosaurs actually splintered our dimension into two, and the dinosaurs continued to evolve into humanoids in the parallel dimension. And so the Mushroom Kingdom, which was very much a fantasy land in the video games, became a cyberpunk post-apocalyptic wasteland, and Mario <laughs> and Luigi get there through the sewers, and there's gross mushrooms and fungus growing over everything. The Koopas are actually... Well, they they refer to the Koopas as Goombas, which are different things in the game. And then they're like these weird overgrown lizards with little tiny heads like the shrunken head guy in Beetlejuice. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. It's weird. They It's like they took every trope and iconography of Super Mario Brothers and decided, nope, not doing that. <laughs> like Everything is just the weirdest john peters version of what you can do <laughs> with super totally mario brothers <laughs> <laughs> no and that's true and the the other thing to bring up though is that mario was adapted for television voiced and actually played in wraparound segments by captain lou albano which was a very faithful adaptation of the Super Mario Brothers world. It's just not often remembered, except for Captain Lou Albano in the giant wig and mustache and all that. Uh, I, I, I missed that. I missed that. I was watching Knight Rider, I guess. <laughs> I definitely watched those cartoons on like Fox, you know, uh, like really early in the on like Saturday morning. So I vaguely remember those. But you're right. The wraparounds I remember more than the actual cartoon. 
There, and I think most people would agree with you. But here's kind of where we're at. So Mario and Luigi, we all know. They're two Brooklyn plumbers. They're Italian guys from New York. And they get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom through the pipes where Princess Peach is literally being kidnapped every week by Bowser, who's king of the Koopas. The Koopas are sort of turtle, humanoid, mutated things. The Goombas are actually sentient mushrooms that are kind of evil and just waddle around all over the place. And in the, in the Mushroom Kingdom, Mario and Luigi are constantly trying to rescue Princess Peach with the help of Toad, who is another sentient mushroom, but a good one. Uh, Yoshi, who is a cartoon dinosaur that Mario rides around like a horse. And then there's also <laughs> Wario and Waluigi. And Wario and Waluigi are worth bringing up because they have become very integral to the Mario mythos. People love these guys. Yes, they have. Wario yep. is basically just evil mustache twirling Mario with a jagged mustache instead of that full bushy upper lip. Um, and then his partner, Waluigi, who are kind of more contagonists than antagonists. Like they're more rivals to Mario, but not necessarily pure evil. Again, not very well defined, although they've made a lot of appearances. I'm sure there are people out there who are going to hate us for not being deeper into this lore, but that's kind of the pieces that we're working with. So I don't even know if it's worth it, but does anybody have an idea, given that none of us are deep in the Mario lore, what would people bring to this? What do people want to see out of a Mario movie? I think the fact that the only Mario adaptation that there has been in live action was subverting everything that you would think of with Mario. I kind of feel like people are expecting if you ever try it again, you got to lean into to the iconography. You got to lean into the lore this time instead of trying to reinvent it or grid it up and make it something different. It's like just just a hundred percent own it. Don't be embarrassed of what it is and make the best of what that world is. Cause I feel like if you deliver another super Mario and it's kind of super Mario, but it doesn't really look like it. People are going to be like, again, you guys <laughs> did it again. Mm. Ron Ed. I think they need to break stuff with their head. If that doesn't happen, uh, who's going <laughs> to love this movie at all? It's necessary. I would say, in fact, what do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great opening volley, Ron. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> look, uh, me personally, I want what I want. I, we need to see his abilities. Ron is ironically right on on point. We need to see Mario's abilities. We need to see all the various like something happens where he gets to throw fire. Something happens where he gets super speed. Something happens where he plumps up and gets super big. These are Mario of our movie understanding and giving in to the fact that he's in this world it isn't just that like me i'm you know i'm italian i'm in a weird place no okay i'm italian i'm in a weird place that was the first 10 20 minutes of the movie now it's time to whoop some ass and try to learn how to be here i think people want to see that because that's what they do when they play the game you start out as a little dude doesn't quite understand it you get the star you get to this you get to that and these power-ups make you understand that you are part of this world now you must deal with the fact that you're part of this world so i think fans of the game want to see that not just me but I also yeah. want to find out why are two plumbers the most qualified people in this strange world? Like, why are the, why are the heroes plumbers? That has to mean something, right? Because I don't even associate plumbers with Italians necessarily. Like, that's even a strange <laughs> stereotype in itself. Well, the, well that's because like, you're not from like New York. A, no, it's like a Japanese person's. Uh, stereotype of America, not, not quite understanding Americans, <laughs> America's social strata, you know, anymore. <laughs> and they just go, ah, oh, Italians, they're workers, you know, <laughs> these guys are those guys, these guys. Are th yeah, I think it's from an old I mean, handbook of American stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe it comes from something like they are forced into helping because they're the only people who can help. I don't know. They work on a castle. There were plumbers that normally live in New York. They go to work on some castle and then like weird stuff happens and they have to save a princess. Like I, so something in, as simple as that, right? Yeah, so in the Mario franchise, the Mushroom Kingdom is a parallel dimension. So they got that right in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, and actually there, one of the, I, I didn't even know this until I did a little bit of research, but one of the widely considered greatest video games of all time is Super Mario Brothers Galaxy where they really expand the idea of like the extra dimensions and the extra planets. And Mario has like an intergalactic adventure where he's using star portals, you know, the star that usually gives him the ultra powers to run through anything 
those become portals where he can actually jump from planet to planet, dimension to dimension. And it's super big and cosmic. I don't know if we want to go there for our version of Mario in the first movie, but it gives us a place to go in the sequel. But just something to keep in mind that we are playing with extra dimensions. And so I... I don't know that Mario and Luigi are the most qualified. I think Ron's kind of got it. It's like they stumble into this world and all of the good people of this world are literally mushroom people. So they are just the softest, weakest, like they have no hope against these dinosaurs that are trying to conquer them. And so it becomes, well, sure, we'll help you out. Get your princess. Yeah. And also, I would like to say uh, I, I this is very plainly to me. I just want to put it out there. This is a very plainly Flash Gordon. Very plainly, because this world is so weird that this that these plumbers particular set of skills just happen to be what's necessary. You know what I mean? I think that's really interesting because like, and plus regular human physiology, maybe that's why he can, you know, he can metabolize X and be able to jump high. You know, X, X as in a variable, not the drug. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think mean, that ecstasy is a lot like just getting a star power and being invincible <laughs> for a few minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't know that like within this d- different universe where if you eat a piece of that mushroom, you don't get some super strength out of it. I mean, do you human, lean right? into kind of like, I mean, it's all a metaphor for drugs. I say yes. Like, do you lean into like Seth Rogen as like a Mario and like a Jonah Hill as like a Wario? Like, do you just go for it and do like an Apatow Super Mario or, or do you try to play it more straight and classic? Cause you, you know, I I wonder like, uh, uh, you know, fans of this stuff, are they not looking at this point to have it like, made fun of or kind of poked fun of like we did with he-man are they looking more like just give me the straight adaptation i don't know i I don't know why you couldn't do a little bit of both right i mean isn't that what we what you always want to do is just a little bit of a poke in front of the things that you love but also paying homage to the things you love well i think i think detective pikachu is probably instructive here um Because that's a movie that was able to create a fully immersive alternate reality, not make it totally computer generated. There's human actors in it, but still just embrace all the crazy weirdness and visuals of the franchise. And I mean, maybe it's a question for us to tackle now. Do we want this to feel like do we want this to feel like Sonic? Do we want this to feel like Detective Pikachu? Or do we want this to feel even more trippy, like you're on Mushrooms, even bigger, crazier world than that? Well, I mean, having seen Sonic and, uh, you know, full disclosure, personal, uh, I think a couple of us are personal friends with uh, the guys who wrote the Sonic movie. Uh, Sonic's whole thing was you got to do a Sonic movie, but you can't go to that world. Mm-hmm. You can't spend a bunch of time in that world because it's too damn expensive. I don't think we should put that restriction on ourselves. I think we do a classic. uh, It's Wizard of Oz and Flash Gordon. I don't think we should complicate it more than that. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I almost want us to talk about the visuals and like the approach to the visuals before we even tell the story, because I think you're right on it. I think the story is very straightforward. But I think what we really need to, to, to nail is like, what does this world look like? You know, is 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 this just a fully animated feature or are we casting, are we casting real people and putting them in a totally CG world? Like, what do you, what do you think this, what do you think this looks and feels like? I almost kind of wonder if you go like the speed racer route where it is CG, but it it looks almost anime in the way that it's done and just very yeah. kinetic and frenetic. I also was just thinking like, there are so many different versions and variations of Mario. Like I remember probably the first Mario game I played was Dr. Mario, which Uh, was just like Tetris, but he's just giving you pills. Like, I wonder (laughs) if there's, (laughs) I I kid you not. It's a strange game. Yeah, Uh, Like, I just wonder, like when I think of Mario, a lot of the iconography that I think of uh, now, I'm I'm like, Hmm, I, I don't know if that's straight up Mario. Like I would love to somehow find a way to put like rainbow road in there because when I think of Mario, I think of Rainbow Road. Like, is there a way to just go through the whole, make it like a 90 minute love letter to all things Mario? And I think you're, I'm kind of with you where it's like, I'm not saying the story's secondary, but it is very simple, you know? Well, I mean, this could be a very simple quest story too. Like, you know, as much as people are annoyed at the wahoo of the pod racing for the, uh, 
Phantom Menace. <laughs> I don't know why we couldn't have a scene where Mario and Luigi have to try to win a race and they're on the f- rainbow road uh, to get something out of it. You know what I mean? To, to get a, a power up or whatever to be able to go and do the next part of the quest, right? I mean, there's no yeah. reason we couldn't have all that really fun stuff that we've all loved from the different Mario games part of the plot. So we're paying homage to it and also make it funny. Like there's the no only reason. thing. The only thing I'll say though, is the at least the early games really relied on the damsel in distress. And I don't know how well that plays now. Oh, well this, this is what I was going to say to that. I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that because everything you guys are saying is right. So my computer was going, that's all right. That's all right. So think of some other stuff. <laughs> and so <laughs> what, what you're saying is, is right. I think one of the first things that should happen, and I, and again, not trying to get too story into it, but like if we're talking about going to do the different aspects of Mario history, I think the very first thing that happens is in that super world is that he rescues Princess Peach from a big ape and maybe turns that ape into a buddy that can help him get to the other set, him and Peach to the other section of the adventure. And then from that point, it's him and Peach and arguably Luigi or whatever we want to put in there, but him and Peach doing the adventures, having some fun, doing some stuff. So, so that we, we rescue the princess like I, like everybody wants, but then she gets to participate as well. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I, cause she gets to participate in the racing and stuff, you know? So, and, and the smash. Makes Bros. Yeah. I think going back to the original Mario games. So princess peach is a playable character in super Mario brothers two. She's just on the adventure with them. And then in super Mario brothers three, I mean, maybe that is the loose sketch of the plot because in super Mario brothers three, all of the rulers of like the seven or eight kingdoms in the mushroom world have all been turned into animals by these magic wands. And so Mario has to go out and defeat all of Koopa's King Koopa's lieutenants to reclaim the magic wands for princess peach. So she can use the magic to restore all the rightful rulers of the kingdoms. There's something to that. I mean, it's a nice, easy to Ron's Mm. point. It's a nice quest. Who, what's the, is, is our peach and Daisy the same person or are those two different people? Uh, they are two different people, but vaguely. So princess peach, <laughs> princess peach is, is the princess in Mario. Okay. Daisy right. shows up in like two or three of like the original NES and SNES games. And then has since become sort of a supporting character. I almost want to say she's like, like Luigi's, Luigi's love interest. Yeah. Huh. Well, you know, a seven brides for seven brothers. <laughs> and we so, should definitely have Daisy in it then. Well, yeah. And I, well, I think we have Daisy in it if we have Luigi in it. Yeah. And there's yeah. also a, a way to think. There's also a way to think of the story as like, I, I don't want to say Wreck-It Ralph because I didn't really watch that movie, but I like it though. Like him falling into the internet being a, like a metaphor or a, a nice parallel to Mario going into the Koopa world or whatever. Just like the things that uh, that happen to you when you're in a whole new uh, environment and the learning curve therein that, you know, as you can tell, I'm really obsessed with that. I mean, and part of the quest could be like, you know, maybe they have to do something to get a wand and they need four people to do it. And so they get Luigi and uh, I mean, simple as that. Right. Are we keeping this simple? Well, I'm almost wondering if when they fall into the Mushroom Kingdom, are Mario and Luigi separated and so, like, the first half of your movie oh. is the brothers trying to find each other. And then when they're together, <laughs> they team up to to beat Koopa, you know? I almost wonder, like, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a bad idea, but I'll throw it out anyways. Do you do, like, you know that movie Enchanted with Amy Adams? And do you do it the other way around where the end, like, they know this Mushroom Kingdom so well? And then having, like, the final battle is in New York. And it's just like this, you know, the the Star Trek voyage home kind of thing where it's the fish out of water. I don't know if it's too overdone, but it could be it could be just like a fun reversal. I mean, I think that that makes a certain amount of sense. I think that the idea that like Koopa's magic and the Mushroom Kingdom are going to threaten our world is a nice level up of the stakes. Right. Well, yeah. I, well, I like the threatening our world or whatever, but I, I just think one thing we can do to differentiate differentiate this is not to like – 
cut too many corners because, you know, John Peters has money. Let's spend his money. He's got us working over the quarantine. Let's spend his money. <laughs> so I would lo- I would love for us to, to uh, you know, see a normal world of working on pipes and stuff and Luigi and them and their this big job at a castle or whatever. I, I uh, Ron, I love what you said, like big job at a weird castle. Like, hey, who says we can do did castles have plumbing? You know, and they're just like, yeah. why would we be doing this? And then, and then like, and I also was just thinking some weird scene where like inside the pipes is when you're reaching your arm down in the pipes and you touch the star portal and you go through the pipes into the world and the Luigi goes, hey, where's my brother? And he puts, I don't know why they sound like three Stooges characters. I'm so sorry. But uh, and the Luigi comes, oh, and goes, my, my, you know, no. <laughs> yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a faint glow coming from the pipe where your brother just was. And so you look down at it and get sucked down in there too. Because at some point in some plot that I don't know about, some star portal got put in the pipes there or some, something that is, represents yeah. the same thing as a star portal got put in the pipes, got lost. And now these guys discover it on accident. That, that makes me think, yeah, maybe maybe the the question of this movie is exactly what I already asked, which is why are these plumbers of all people heroes? And maybe it's like no one no one called them to help. No one would ever call them to help. They're yes. the ones that set out on this journey because everyone else has failed. And maybe that's like a fun way to get some cameos. Maybe you get like Captain Falcon or someone from Star Fox and they're like, I'll find her. Don't you like Gaston almost, you know? (laughs) And it's like the only person left is like the, the lowliest one, which is just the little plumber. This could be like an origin story of how Mario became like the hero, you know? I think that that works. I building on what Ed was saying just about like the beginning of the movie. What if they, they answer, a, a plumbing call at a weird castle, or it's like a mansion in the Catskills, something outside New York because yeah. they're from New York. And randomly, there's a, there is a giant gorilla with a princess in the house, right? So it's like they discover weird stuff with the plumbing. Then they hear screaming. It turns out there's a giant gorilla with a princess. They're just like, what is going on? But they manage to jump over the barrels he's throwing, get to the princess, and then she grabs Mario and drags him into a portal. And Luigi's standing there going what just happened? And then he tries to follow and then they're split up and now everybody's in the mushroom kingdom. And it's like, what is even going on here? And then it (laughs) just as a way to jump into the action with like complete confusion on the part of the heroes. Right. I think that that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I like that. I think that could be really fun for the audience to kind of get into it. (laughs) Did I hear somebody mention my money? I've got ears like a hawk. Ears like a hawk when it comes to my dollar bills. And gentlemen, let me tell you something. This Super Mario Brothers movie is going to make me so many dollar bills. Here's the thing. Super Mario, they did it once and I loved it. It was great, that first movie. I don't know how we're going to do better. This is sort of like another Matrix situation. How are we going to top that first movie? Well, let me tell you what I think will do it. I am going to get Jim Carrey back to reprise his role as Dr. Robotnik as the villain of this movie. Because that's how video games work. The best villains can can be your villain and no matter what you're doing. This is nonsense. This is video games. So gentlemen, (laughs) find me a role for Dr. Robotnik as played by Jim Carrey. And we'll all make a bill. Well, I'll make a billion dollars. You guys will make your nominal paychecks. Goodbye. (laughs) All right. Okay. Is that even legal? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Sonic and Mario have had team ups in video games. I think. I think. I think Nintendo owns Sonic now, right? Oh, maybe. If that's um, the case, let's just pretend that's the case. I, I'm fairly sure. I mean, I'm sure. I'm going to do a quick rights. Google search. This is yeah. Ridiculous. You Google Ed. Um, <laughs> I, I'm almost positive at some point Nintendo picked up a lot of the characters of Sega. Is either Nintendo or Disney? One of the two. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> well, dude, I also think that there isn't any. Um, I think uh, maybe this is an esoteric reference, but back in the days, Spawn had an issue where a bunch of hands were reaching out of a closed gate and they represented characters that were owned by major comic companies that would never be reunited with their rightful creators. They were in prison. Mm, so I maybe we can flip something like that with Dr. Robotnik being like, like a, like a nice cameo, but he's locked away from this world because of legalities. Like he, he can't, you know what I mean? Something, something, 
Some I mean, sort of parody of him. I think it's I think it, the key is maybe in the multiple dimensions. Like if if in their quest to get to wherever they need to go, it's like the Mushroom Kingdom is just one of many different sort of magical lands. And one of them is where Robotnik ends up at the end of the Sonic movie. You know what I mean? It's like they end up, they get spit out into this weird dimension and there's just this crazy guy with the weird hair and the weird mustache. And I believe there's a bunch of mushrooms there, so. Oh, that's true. This could work out perfectly. So maybe let's take a step back and and I want to get into the visuals and everything, but we t- we mentioned early on, do you lean into like the drug trip of this movie? And my inclination is to say, yeah, you absolutely do. But I think part of that question is like, what is the movie about? What is the heart of this movie? What is the theme of this movie? Um, And, you know, obviously there's a brother story. Obviously there's a a little guy, a working class guy, you know, being the one to save royalty. Is there anything else that, you know, we might want to put on top of it? What do we we want to build the movie around? I I would like to say one thing. Um, Every time there's brothers, and I don't have any brothers, so that ate them in the womb. But um, this is every time funny. there's every, yeah, every time there's brothers, there seems to be the brother that thinks the other one is kind of messing up. It doesn't have to be super, you know, huge, but there's always like, ah, my brother, he'd be so great if he would just X, mm. you know. And whether it's Luigi to Mario or Mario to Luigi, I really don't care. But I think they're being tensioned a little bit with the brothers. Maybe let's say it's Luigi that's messing up. It's like, you wouldn't even have to be going on on these plumbing runs with me if you would just practice your mathematics or whatever. <laughs> do, do you go to go to school with my cousin Vinny and get smart? <laughs> or, now he's from Boston. But the bottom line is, maybe Luigi... Look, like, I saw you solve those problems on the <laughs> chalkboard when you were mopping the ground. I know. <laughs> but, you know, maybe Luigi isn't living up to his potential and he's just sort of coasting along on the family business or whatever. And Mario thinks he's he's better than that. And maybe Luigi, over the course of the adventure and the, and the process of getting back to Mario, uh, uh, reuniting with him, overcomes some personal demons, you know? Well, I mean, and maybe Mario, awesome. maybe Mario isn't himself very um, ambitious. You know what I'm saying? Because I think somebody who's a plumber a lot of times they're very practical about life. Life is taking crap. Life is making sure your crap go away. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like this big complicated thing. So and then you maybe go home, over the you course have a beer, of this, you hang out, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe over the course of this adventure, Mario discovers more of a sense of wonder and how big and crazy the world can be because he's literally put in a big crazy world. And maybe him being the champion of a big crazy world is something he'd never see himself being. And then he must do it though to save the world. You know, I love I those are simple arcs. I think that's yeah. great. And, and, and sorry, Ron, just one thing. I, no, I think ahead. I think what's cool about that is it does fit in with the drug metaphor of like they both need to expand their minds. You know what I mean? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they both need to start seeing the world as bigger and more interesting than what they currently see it as. That's pretty funny. I love it. That's that's super fun. I also, I also would love to because this is great because then they can both have an arc where Mario realizes he's more than just the guy who's the plumber and Luigi realizes he doesn't have to rely on his brother and his family. Uh, he can, you know, do things on his own as well. Or Luigi does realizes that at, at the end. And that's through the brothers coming to uh, enjoy each other's company and like get along overall in the end. That's actually like, we are now making a heartwarming uh, uh, pixel. What is the, Company that Pixar. makes all the great Pixar type of thing right <laughs> no, now. I, don't, I definitely don't want to make pixels. <laughs> Let's uh, yeah. stop that oh, right yo, there. So sorry, guys. We are not making pixels. I apologize for that immediately. There's almost a... Um, there's almost a Lord of the Rings quality to what we're talking about, where if Mario is just a working class guy who never saw any big future for himself, like... I'm just going to unclog the drains. That's what I do. And that's what I'll do until I die. I mean, there's something kind of heartwarming. It's like he goes on this grand quest and then the whole kingdom celebrates him. It's sort of like Frodo and Sam at the end of the Lord of the Rings. It really is. (laughs) We have stumbled onto something kind of like inspiring and cool. Look at you guys. Oh, yeah. And one one addendum I would like to make to the plot. I've been thinking about it. Um, What if they go to the castle and the castle is owned by somebody that looks suspiciously like Dr. Robotnik or something? I don't know who has an actual just regular plumbing problem. But the whole reason why this Dr. Robotnik person 
gotten to this castle at all is he's trying to find something hidden in that castle that is a special magical thing and he can't find it and he's never been able to find it because it's hidden in a freaking pipe okay. he's never even thought to look in all the pipes so let me let me build on that what if you never actually meet that guy it's an abandoned castle and the caretaker calls mario and luigi and when they go in there's just a giant painting of him on the wall but it's like he's oh, gone because nice. it's in the nice, continuity nice. you know Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then we don't and, have and to so, pay Jim Carrey eighteen million dollars <laughs> just to show absolutely. up for the film. See, we're saving a little bit of the boss's money. Peter should love uh, that. But yeah, yeah. But also, and just just last things last. I think one of the first things that they encounter, or rather that Mario encounters when he falls down in there, is the adventure with the great ape. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He has to, he has to have an adventure with the great ape and save Peach, and then Peach becomes our uh, our exposition character to be like. Yo, we got a long trek to get back to my kingdom to do X, Y, Z, and you are my official consort. And it, but and at the same time, she's like prote- protecting him versus stuff in the world because she understands the world better than him. Yeah. But then he starts yeah. to learn more and more and be like, I can get my John Carter on. Check me out. Boop, 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 and get big and all that stuff. Yeah. Is there I a reason that- we keep calling it Great Ape instead of Donkey Kong? Is this like calling the oh. Super Bowl the big game or something? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can't afford these licensing. <laughs> uh, I mean, we own Donkey Kong if we're working with Nintendo. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong. Also, and Donkey Kong can become, he's gotten uh, uh, less villainous over time. He's become humanized with his kid, kid Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> and uh, so I keep calling him these Hydrox ass. I mean, his, <laughs> you mean his, kid, his kid grade ape? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all I'm saying is like he could start out as sort of a villain and for this beginning part, but then later become an ally or something. And I I got it. Okay. Here's what it is. Dr. Robotnik in his castle had a pet monkey. The pet monkey found some enchanted mushrooms because he got into the walls because nobody had been there to feed him or anything. Gets into the walls, uh. eats the enchanted mushrooms, grows, because that's what the enchanted mushrooms do to you. Because yeah. Donkey Kong, Princess Peach comes through the portal looking for help because all the magical rulers have been turned into animals. Donkey Kong grabs her because he's just there running wild in the castle. And so that's <laughs> the first thing. So Mario defeats him, but then the, the mushroom wears off. And now he just becomes a companion when Princess Peach takes him through the portal to be like, you can help me. Let's go. <laughs> and also that, that means we get a monkey in our film. And Absolutely. I always like a monkey in <laughs> film. <laughs> and I'll just reiterate, I like the idea that like Mario gets dragged in by Princess Peach because then it could leave Luigi there being like, what's going on? And so now Luigi, who we set up to Ron's points as being like a guy who was maybe contentious with his family and needs to learn to get along. It's like, now what do I do? Oh, screw it. I'm going after him. And he jumps in. But it's sort of like the Rainbow Bridge in Thor Ragnarok where they get dumped out in different places. So now it's yes. like. Luigi can meet up with Yoshi and like have an adventure on his own while Mario gets the download from Princess Peach on everything going on in the kingdom. They meet up halfway for the final assault on Bowser. And then, yeah, whatever the machinations just make it so that Bowser's plans are threatening Earth by the third act. Nice. Yeah, dump dump Luigi out into his haunted mansion and let that kind of whole story play out. Because didn't he have his own game, Luigi's Haunted Mansion or something? Yeah, it just came out recently. <laughs> it's yeah, very, very fun. Give, yeah. give Ouija his uh, his due. Oh, what? Somewhere yeah. Rainbow Road. I don't care where. <laughs> find a place for it. <laughs> well, what yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Billy, to your point, what if in the third act being set on Earth, that's where the Mario Kart race happens? So it's like they get back to Earth, but now the magical forces are like infecting our world. And so they jump in some cars, but they turn into weird cartoon cars. And now the race is on through the streets of New York <laughs> as New York all around them is transforming into like mushrooms and wild stuff. Oh, that would be awesome God, if the awesome. real world starts turning into Nintendo world and some guy's like, hey, and then throws a shell at you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like the agents in the Matrix, right? Like Matrix, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they start turning into like the little Koopa turtles and then throwing banana peels and stuff. It's like the weirdest yeah. third act fight. Think, and it's funny too, because maybe they think they're pulling out a gun to do something. And oh it's yeah. Just like, a, it's just a banana. Oh, totally. <laughs> I like, I like all of this. I don't, does anybody else have any uh, interesting plot ideas before we move on to casting this beast? The I plot seems fairly is... straightforward. Do we ever figure out like, is this, 
uh, live action slash CGI? What, what did we did land on? I love the speed I, racer. I'll just say that your speed racer thing. I think that, you know, it's not quite the same approach. There was some stuff about their approach in speed racer that didn't work, but largely I kind of love that idea. Yeah, I would agree. Like mostly live action, but with a, with a CG backing uh, that's, that's strong so that it kind of feels otherworldly. Uh, and you have an excuse for it to not feel perfectly, you know, world because it's a, a video game world. Yeah, my own personal caveat. I, I just just to save the boss a little money because I know he's he's been actually texting me privately while we've been talking and then been like, I know it was you, Greer. I know it was you. He's trying to give me a Fredo kiss over the phone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So uh, in an attempt to save a slight bit of money, I would just like us to consider sort of a Jumanji aesthetic, but pushed Hmm. like a tree is a tree, but it's sort of real fluffy at the top. You know what I mean? And, And a castle is a castle, but it's like big, big windows that couldn't take place structurally. And you know what I'm saying? Just pushed like the, a beautiful version of the world, but pushed. You know, just so you just that still, warp that little bit. So you could still build like actual interior sets and you could still build props. It doesn't have to be all CGI. Right. right. But they would be enhanced okay. by CGI things to, to, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. And like, like Billy's talking about the rainbow road and then like get in the cars, even, even if we did that scene in the regular world, uh, and it, I mean, rather in the Mario world and popped it out. It's it's different enough. And the speed, if you saw anything from Speed Racer in the real world, you'd be like, what the hell? Look at that thing. So, like, yeah, I think pushing it just a little bit would be great. It would save the boss some money, but it would also give us our own aesthetic. And us, in the stuff that we want to keep Nintendo uh, faithful, we do that. You know, yeah. like the blocks and stuff. Okay. I like oh, it. Oh, he's going to make some coins with his head, for sure. He's going to get yeah, some yeah. coins with his goddamn head. Oh, he definitely, <laughs> I mean, he needs to eat a mushroom and grow gigantic. He needs to eat a flower and spit fire. He needs to maybe get a raccoon suit so he can fly. I mean, he needs all that stuff mm-hmm. in this movie. Dude, yeah, yeah. and this I love, so I love the different, his different outfits. Oh, his different outfits. I don't want to sound like a fashion plate because it's quite obvious I'm not. But boy, 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 that 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 white that white jumpsuit. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. He looks like another bad creation <laughs> in that. You know, it's pretty <laughs> like awesome. yeah, I like it. All right, so let's move on. Who is our cast? And I I, I would just say. We definitely need Mario and Luigi. We definitely need Princess Peach. Uh, we probably need at least the voice of Bowser. And then uh, if there's anybody else that we want to add into the cast, maybe it comes up. Oh, Toad. I mean, we haven't really talked about Toad. He's always had a very straightforward role in the games. Like he is Princess Peach's advisor and he becomes Mario's Jimmy Olsen. But um, again, I think we would need at least a voice of Toad. So... Hmm. But what what is I, I just missed the I don't want to I don't want to cut off our our our, our uh, casting conversation. But the one thing I have missed: what is the villain trying to do? Sincerely, you know, it doesn't. We don't have to be all worried about you know gravitas and how homeboy stops the villain's plan. But like, is the villain's plan to bring uh, Koopa World to our world? And if so, how do we differentiate that from the previous movie? I think I think it's I think his plan is more conquest, and so I think his plan is more. He knows that there's all these different dimensions out there and, you know, there's Sonic world out there and there basically it's all the different video game worlds, right? Our world is just Mm. one of those dimensions. And the idea is that, you know, you can travel through them with the star portals. I think his, his ultimate plan is like, he wants to conquer all the dimensions. And so I love that too, because uh, I love the idea at that one point, he's looking through different dimensions that he can see through whatever way he can see them. Um, and he sees the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, and he's like, you know, maybe I'll skip that one for now. It's a little <laughs> too tough for me. Well, and I, think, I mean, I think you can maybe MacGuffin that a little bit where it's like the rulers of all these magical kingdoms have access to the star portals. And that's how yeah. that's how Princess Peach gets to Earth, you know. And so if he can if he can take control of the kingdoms and the castles, which was always a big thing in the games is like he wanted to control yeah. those castles then mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. can get access to all those hidden star portals. And that's kind of his thing. Okay. That's great. There you go. That, that's that's awesome. all I needed, baby. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, since we're going to go to casting now, I think it's pretty clear that Luigi has to be Tom Holland. And... I didn't get to do it last time, guys. I didn't get to oh, do it my... last time. God. And, and uh, I was very sad that I didn't get to suggest him for the Matrix lead. Uh, my but, God. You know, 
It's fine. My God. Tom Holland. <laughs> He'd be a great Luigi. First of all, you need somebody who can at least pass as Italian-American. I mean, at least pass. <laughs> like, let, I, I will have no Italian erasure. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So Al Pacino is Luigi. Fine. <laughs> Dude, I would love to see Al Pacino trying to oh. jump at all. <laughs> I think oh, Al Pacino could be broke. a great Bowser if he if it was just a voice. Oh, that'd be amazing, oh. actually. That oh. actually would be great. Woo! That's pretty hot, man, because he could do the, like, you know, I'm a fan of man. I'm going <laughs> to eat him. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I kind of love that. I do too. Balzacino. <laughs> it's like the only crazier dude, suggestion dude, this, than Dennis Hopper. <laughs> no, this thing is so damn Italian. Even Bowser's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. You know what would be amazing, actually, is if in the setup between Mario and Luigi, we establish that they have kind of like a cold, distant jerk father. And it's Pacino, but he only needs to play like one or two scenes in the real world. But then he goes on to play the voice of Bowser. That could be kind of cool. Ooh, and oh, kind of like a, a Captain Oak thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's uh, what is he? He he plays uh, he plays the father normally, right? Traditionally, and then later he's Captain Hook in Neverland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that, that's and, awesome. And, and it makes it very clear the metaphor that. Luigi and and Mario are conquering past demons. They're conquering their 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 father's lack of expectations. They're conquering so many things in this adventure. You guys, I don't like the idea that you're making Super Mario Brothers uh, deep and meaningful. Um, <laughs> I don't approve of this. <laughs> what if they're all networked together in one collective <laughs> conscious mind? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to the Matrix. No! <laughs> dude, dude, the pipes lead down into the Matrix. <laughs> and it's just Wario, Wario and Leather Jacket be like, da 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 Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. I, I think Mario and Luigi is kind of a tough casting choice, because first of all, you need people who can rock those mustaches. Very much so. And number two, like, I don't quite know their ages because they I feel like they need to feel old enough that they're kind of world weary, but not so old that they feel old because this is still a movie for kids. It's got to be 30s ish, right? Maybe late 30s. It's weird. Yeah. Bob Hoskins was such an amazing piece of casting in that original one. Well, dude, guys, I just did a cursory Google search of Italian actors can can we as a society let someone Italian under 5,000 years old become Dude, an actor? Google oh the exact God. same thing and it's all like 60 and above. That's so oh wild. my God. <laughs> Dean Martin is on this list. Can you relax? That's can you relax? <laughs> you should put uh, who are alive. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Oh, and the funny thing is, dude, Frank Vincent, the guy who played uh, in Casino and Goodfellas, stuff like that, he's on this list with like John Turturro and Joe Pesci. And then they got freaking, oh my God. Anyway, I'm sorry. They got the Who's the Boss guy in here. Stop Tony it. Danza. <laughs> All Italian actors are not created equal. <laughs> oh my god! So listen, they just so, so obviously uh, we <laughs> Mario be Sylvester Stallone, uh-huh. um, and then the Ouija will be Michael Imperioli <laughs> for the surprise. Okay, let's get serious. What what are we gonna do? I mean, look, I you know I. I'm fine with it not being an actual Italian actor. I was joking around before because obviously that is going to be tough. <laughs> There's also something to be said. I mean, he might be too beefy, but I feel like he doesn't always play beefy like a Zac Efron as Mario. I thought about that. And then I was thinking more along the lines of and this he's probably too old, but it could like just taking in a completely different direction. What about like a Will Ferrell. Or a John C. Uh, John C. Riley's too close to Wreck It Ralph, but like a Will Ferrell or someone who's just schlubby, who's not heroic looking, you know. I mean, I was trying to think of like character actors. Somebody said Jonah Hill earlier, and I said Jonah Hill earlier for uh, for Wario. Oh yeah, uh, but he 
He could be a he could be a Mario or or you could uh you could do a kind of a a body swap and have a bigger Luigi and like a skinnier Mario if you wanted. Well, I think Mario's always the the biggest thing between them is the height. Like Mario is a little bit stockier, but he isn't necessarily a fat dude. Like he could be. It, it doesn't really matter. Um Right. But yeah, hey, he's I'm a mesomorph you, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, my, we were talking about this, having the tone of like a Judd Apatow movie. And so my mind is sort of wrapped up in his usual cast of characters. Like I, I be, honestly, Christopher Mintz Plass, Miss McLovin could be a good Luigi. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. What about like a Joseph Gordon Levitt as a Mario? Oh, I'm t- I, I can see him for either, honestly. But yeah, I, I love it. I, I love that sort of thing. I think he could rock huh. the stash with with the. That's right what I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, dude, the stash. The stash is winning me over. Actually, I'm putting the stash on him in my mind, and it is fantastic. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm also thinking of his character in Don John, where he plays like a Jersey Shore meathead. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like yes, a variation on that could be pretty good. I actually kind of think, uh, speaking of Don John, that Scarlett Johansson would make a great peach. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Ironically, not the only time that sentence has been uttered. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if so she could play a tree, I think she could play Princess Peach. <laughs> no, she's she's going to come in for the audition and be like, guys, this peach thing is great, but it's not a big enough challenge. I'd like... To read for Donkey Kong. She's like, I'd like to be an actual peach, if possible. (laughs) (laughs) The fruit. (laughs) Um, What about, he's come up a a few times before. What about John Mulaney for either Mario or Luigi? Oh, John Mulaney's great. You know know who I'd like to get for Luigi? Honestly, this is so crazy, but like, I'd like to get uh, Pete Davidson. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Dude, that I can totally energy. see him as like the f up brother, you know. Well, mm. what about Pete Davidson as Luigi, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Mario? Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt brings the acting chops, and Pete Davidson brings like the weird personality. It's kind of. A nice... I also kind of buy very, very little, but I do kind of buy that they'd be brothers, you know. Yeah. Okay. With Al Pacino as their abusive dad, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And I would love to see, I would love to see, I just want to do some tests of, of Levitt in a, in a fat suit. I just want to do it. He and gained maybe the weight, they don't dude. go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they don't go or maybe, dude, if he Robert De Niro in Waging Bull fats himself up for this movie. <laughs> He's going to oh Christian bail himself. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be insane. Oh, I <laughs> so, love it. Hey, why'd you gain all this? Why'd you gain 60 pounds? Uh, I got a deep role in the upcoming movie. Uh, I can't talk too much about it, but uh, <laughs> when it comes out, you'll be surprised. It's from a beloved property that uh, people take very seriously. <laughs> hey, by the way, um, John Mulaney should be the voice of Toad. Oh, perfect. That's a great choice. That is a great or, choice. Or Yoshi. Yeah, either one. Does Yoshi talk? Does Yoshi talk? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's our movie. I suppose we could make him talk if we wanted to. Sure. Well, Yoshi should be Seth Rogen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yoshi Seth Rogen is great. I was going to make some dumb joke about it being Vin Diesel because he's used to not talking. <laughs> <laughs> now, he can play Donkey Kong. Vin Diesel as Donkey Rogen? Kong is amazing, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for Kong. sure. <laughs> okay. We've cast the out of this thing so we've got joseph <laughs> joseph gordon levitt and pete davidson as mario and luigi we've got al pacino as bowser we've got scarlett johansson keeping it all together as princess peach we've got john mulaney as the voice of toad we've got seth rogan as the voice of yoshi we've got vin diesel as the voice of donkey kong cast we're done nice. we're gonna save wario and waluigi for the sequel um the last question is who's putting it together who directs i liked what billy said earlier Judd Apatow. I think that's a great idea. I don't know if he's got the visual chops for a movie like this. Yeah, Uh, I want to look for some visual visual stylists who have also done something that has some good acting. Like like a movie, dude, 
I, I want if Christopher Nolan wasn't boring, like the new Christopher <laughs> Nolan that isn't boring, but you know, the one that's just like, yo, I'll take you to these crazy worlds, but I'll ground it somehow guy. You know what I mean? I, I think that'd be awesome, but like not him, I think, obviously. I think I've offered this name up before on a different episode and we may have actually taken it, but what about Scott Derrickson? Now that he's free from Dr. Strange, we know he can handle those like crazy visuals, but still keep a story going in the midst of them. I love that idea. I don't mind that at all. I just wonder if there's a weirder choice, like somebody who feels like they would deliver on like the drug induced trippiness even more. I mean, it's oh, who's, Derrickson did who's it. the guy who did Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro doing Super Mario. You know what? It's just crazy enough to work. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. This is like the weirdest Mad Libs movie I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, what if we split the difference? Was somebody not somebody with a good vision that isn't quite as dark as Del Toro? Yeah, it isn't quite as poppy. But you know what, Billy, I, I'm going to put. I, I think we do our best when we come up with a pool of candidates. I want to put Scott Derrickson down as a, as a, as a sincere in the pool of candidates because I do agree with Billy's assessment that like folding reality on itself. I'm sorry. Scott Derrickson's version of a city folding on people and different crap like that was more interesting to me than Christopher Nolan's version of that in Inception. It was more visually interesting and it was more convincing. And I think yeah. he did it for less money. Yeah. So, or here's another kind of outside the box. He hasn't done a comedy, but that's not to say that he couldn't. Alex Garland. He did Annihilation. He did Ex Machina. I, I kind of feel like with Annihilation, there's definitely some visual cues that feel almost video game-ish, maybe in a more serious way. He's so contemplative. Like, he's so slow moving. <laughs> it's almost Kubrick-esque. That would be my only thing that, like, his sense of pacing, I feel like, just doesn't match this world. I mean, there's something interesting to the idea of throwing out the Wachowskis who did who did Speed Racer, who definitely get a super frenetic pace. What about Guy Ritchie? Oh, he just did Aladdin, too, which also like right. he clearly can do a visually effects driven movie. Right. And he he huh. kind of has that frenetic. Pace. And he's funny. And he, he's taken he's taken property. Like I think of like Sherlock Holmes, something that maybe is usually presented a little bit more dry. And he brought this very frenetic, kinetic energy to that property that's usually not associated with it. I think there's a lot to that. Um yeah. The other one, the other one that I was, <laughs> Billy, I know you like this guy. I don't know if you'd like him for this property, but Panos Cosmatos, who directed Mandy. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that, that guy. Bonkers. But, but he's going to have Princess Peach get murdered in a sleeping bag, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. And he's going to put a lot of 80s visual grain on it and stuff. I don't, I don't know. All man. right, one last uh, Hail Mary, and then I'll stop. What, uh, what, about, what about Seth MacFarlane? Oh, dude. That's kind of interesting. That's really That's interesting. interesting. Bring in the Family Guy sensibilities. We know he can do bigger budget movies with Ted, and we just won't talk about the Western one. Uh, but <laughs> but he's definitely he he can do the bigger the bigger numbers, the bigger you know sequences. And I I do think that he has say what you want about the quality of Family Guy, but I do think that he has a different sense of humor that might benefit this. I actually really agree with that, and I also think he has an underrated sense of heart. Like, I think yes. that he has an earnestness and like a sense of heart to things in like the Orville, which is also really big on special effects. He was also an executive producer on Cosmos, which was a completely CGI production. Like the dude understands sort of like heart, comedy and big scale storytelling. That's a really good choice. And here's the crazy part. Uh, I know the people who do the effects on uh, for Orville. So <laughs> literally we could actually do that. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Call him up and get him to color my. Hey, life. John, so, if you don't answer John Peters' phone call, you're not working in this town, man. I don't think you have to go back channels. <laughs> He'll send that spider over to your house and correct you. <laughs> <laughs> with. But yeah, I, I, I say yes, Scott Derrickson and homeboy you just mentioned, fight it out with a pool cue. You know that's fine. Well, gentlemen, we have achieved reboot. 
It's nice to be back on track after that Matrix episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Dude, hey I, guys, I'm we're not going to be perfect every time. That's well, my, my girlfriend said that it takes away the drama if we never fail. And I don't agree your girl, with I'm that. I'm sorry, did I not, uh, your girlfriend, Miss Reiterator, did I not say that the exact whole sermon? Uh, no, but I have to listen to my girlfriend. I do not have to listen to you. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> well, if you at home would like to listen to anybody else on the panel, you can listen to Billy Business on his podcast, Hot Takes with Billy Business. You can listen to Ed Greer and Ron Swallow on their podcast, nerd goat which i produce and of course you can come back here next week for another hot hollywood reboot we are going to be tackling uh something a little bit different we've kind of been in fantasy lands for a while and we're going to move into something totally different so come back next week i hope you're enjoying season two of reboot it quarantine edition it's going to continue we hope you're staying safe we hope that the pandemic hasn't affected your life too badly and we hope that we're bringing you a little bit of joy as you're uh, quarantined at home and trying to figure things out so From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for watching. We will see you next week for more Reboot It. Hey guys, this is Ron. If you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Reboot It channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. We've got a new TeePublic store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want the mumbo gumbo, the pop art reboot crew, the classic logo, and then, of course, the rebooted drinking game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite T-shirt. So thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Reboot It.